Great. Well, thanks, uh, Adam, for uh, kicking us off this morning and Renee. Uh, yeah, this topic is uh, dear to my heart and uh, one that's got um, just a, a lot of tentacles to it. Uh, and, and so I wanted to start off and talk a little bit about kind of where the economy is going, uh, what's happening out there. We're all getting mixed reports daily. Uh, I know it came out uh, yesterday that uh, many people felt inflation was was being tampered down. All of a sudden, they come out this morning and say, no, inflation's still on the rise. You know, which one is it? Um, I don't think anybody really knows the answer yet. Uh, but my my feeling is, is that inflation is here to stay for a while, that we're going to continue to see an inflationary economy. Uh, hopefully, the feds will continue to tamper that down uh, by um, uh, increasing interest rates. Of course, then increased interest rates uh, definitely hurt uh, the economy from the standpoint mainly of uh, businesses that have to borrow money. So to give you an example, um, Solomon Foundation's a prime rate borrower, okay? So five months ago, we could borrow money anytime we wanted from our bank at three and a quarter, uh, a very good interest rate. Uh, today, if we have to use our line of credit, that's 7.75%, more than double. So the costs of money uh, have really uh, skyrocketed, which is gonna, gonna hurt the economy. You're seeing major layoffs in the tech industry, in the entertainment industry, uh, big corporations are 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 really uh, uh, cutting their staff, ma mainly because a lot of them were just overstaffed, um, and so they're trimming out ten percent or fifteen percent, um, and they can easily do that. Uh, it's unfortunate for the people that lose their jobs, but the bottom line is uh, they have have to weather the storm, and a lot of that's because they have to borrow money at a higher rate. Um, how it's going to affect the church, uh, gosh, uh, who knows? Um, will it affect giving? Will it affect attendance? Um, historically, in an inflationary world, um, church attendance still stays strong um, because more people have more problems, so more people go to church. Yet at the same time, people are hurt economically, so that, that does hurt the offering basket or the... Uh, I guess it's now the online basket or whatever, however you collect uh, offerings today. Uh, so I think, you know, we're still in this unknown period of really what the economy is going to do, what it's going to look like. And it's anyone's guess where things are going. But if I had a crystal ball, I think uh, where it's headed is we're going to continue with inflation. We're going to continue with interest rate increases through this year's uh, and um, my gut is we are in a recession. Uh, you know, you never know you're in a recession until you're 90 days into it because they have to calculate it that way. But my gut is, is that we're, we're on, the, on the edge of a recession, if not in it. And of course, that's going to affect uh, everybody uh, in the economy. Uh, but I think the church operates a little differently um, uh, and doesn't have as many effects from this whole scenario. So uh, I think what, what I want to do is kind of talk more about the micro side of this. 
uh, scenario. Um, and, and I see, and I, I know a lot of you are going to go, oh, I've heard this a hundred times. Well, guess what? You're going to hear it 101 uh, because it's important information. Uh, so the biggest risk to any church has nothing, when it comes to its health and welfare um, <clears throat> and ability to service their debt and pay their employees, the two biggest risks have nothing to do with money. Okay. The two biggest risks are moral failure in the pulpit and leadership meltdown. Um, I've seen dozens of these cases over the last 30 years in my career in the church world, and uh, I'm sure I'll see dozens more. Um, <clears throat> but those are the biggest risks to the church. So from a leadership standpoint, uh, both at the elders level and at the at the level of the senior pastor and executive pastor, I really think you need to do a lot of, of uh, proactive things to prevent any issues. Uh, uh, so when it comes to, to moral failure in the pulpit, I think one of the big things is uh, that the leadership needs to invest in their leaders. Uh, leadership and in, uh, investing in life coaches, executive coaches. Um, obviously, Solomon has has our events. We have this forum. Uh, we have everything. We want to make sure your leaders need to make sure they pour in to each one of you. Uh, if that's counseling, uh, I mean, I think one thing I learned through COVID is I, I'm, I'm old school. I always thought if, if I had to have a counselor or an executive coach, there's something wrong with me. That's not the case. Uh, you need to have an executive coach or a life coach or a counselor uh, to prevent issues. Uh, so I think investing in that area is very, very important uh, to the church. I know the elders at the church that I attend at Southeast Christian Church, uh, right when COVID was, uh, you know, halfway through COVID, uh, the elders paid for every staff member at Southeast Christian Church free counseling at the counseling center uh, within, within the church. Well, it was a separate entity of the church, but it's actually located in the Solomon Center. Every staff member was given free counseling. Um, and the reason they wanted to do that is because they knew there was going to be problems and issues and let's be proactive rather than reactive when it comes, when it comes to that. So, so case in point, um, I know several of you are getting into covenant groups. Um, looking across the screen here, I see Mont, a um, couple other guys that, you know, covenant groups I think are great. Uh, so the Solomon Foundation decided to invest money into the Covenant Group program that's going on. Um, and here's how we did it. We said um, it's $2,400 a year for somebody to be in a Covenant Group. And the bottom line is that's uh, $1,200, that's $200 a month. So the Solomon Foundation will provide $1,200 grant to that church for that, uh, but the elders have to pay the other part. So let's talk about that. If it's $2,400 and Solomon pays $1,200, that's $1,200 for the church. That's $100 a month. If there's five elders, can you each put $20 bucks on the table? 
So that's how inexpensive it is for a leadership to invest into uh, into their their staff. Um, so I'm I'm a big believer in that. You know, two years ago I wasn't. I can tell you I wasn't a big. Uh, I wasn't against it. But I found uh, that, you know, I hired my own executive coach, uh, Dr. Zimmerman, who's on the on the call here uh, with us most of the time. And, and you know, my sessions with him are a place where I can kind of let go and let loose. And um, he can uh, pick my brain apart, probably better, better than anybody, uh, including my wife or my daughter. Um, he can pick it apart and really help me manage through issues that I'm, I'm dealing with. So, so that's been a great, uh, a great two hours a month. I spend an hour every two weeks on the phone or in person. Um, Alan's dissected my brain um, inside and out with multiple layers of tests. And, um, and of course, a 360 he did on me, which was very, very enlightening to me. Uh, so the bottom line is, I think all of you, if any of your elders have an issue with putting money into this area, um, have them call me, have them call Dr. West, have them call Dr. Zimmerman. Um, not that, that we want to make money on things, but the bottom line is um, everybody on this call needs it. Period. Okay. So just know that that's an important thing. So I kind of got off on a little tangent there, sorry. Um, so annually, just so you know, annually, I mean, we spend five, six, $700,000 to put on our pastor's events. And that's money well spent for Solomon because we're pouring back into you guys. Um, secondly is uh, leadership meltdown. And I think developing strong elderships is important. I don't, I don't have to go down that path. You guys all know that the bottom line is, you know, uh, you got to be very careful in selection of elders. You got to make sure you have terms so mm -hmm. that if you have to get rid of somebody, you have an, you have an option to do that uh, through term limits. Um, but the bottom line is you also need to have resources that are coming outside resources that can come in and help uh, your eldership make decisions um, and, and just help you make sure you've got a model that fits you. Um, I've always said that it doesn't matter which model you use, as long as the model you use helps you guys get to the next step. Because if you have the model that doesn't work for the type of leadership you have, it's going to be a nightmare. And I've seen them. I've been in elders meetings where people are screaming and yelling. I remember one meeting where a guy slapped on the table and came across the table at me. Uh, so the bottom line is we've got to make sure uh, that we've got super, super good counsel uh, as you progress. And we've got lots of resources there too, you know, with uh, E2 elders, with, um, uh, Accelerate group. We've got all kinds of resources and Ken Eidelman on our team does a great job. Uh, so we've got resources for you uh, in that area. But the bottom line is um, when we look at the financial health and economics of the church, 
it all starts with the leadership. And so putting money and investing money in leadership, I, I just think it's paramount in, in today's world. Mm -hmm. um, let me stop there before I go to the, my next uh, section. Do we have any, any, anybody have any questions? Any questions in the chat room here? I should look. <clears throat> I don't see any questions in the chat room, but maybe we could take a minute to hear from other people how how leaders are investing in you as pastors or how pastors you guys are investing in the leaders around you. Maybe if you don't have a question, maybe a comment around that topic too is very welcome. Mm -hmm. Or even a comment of like, hey, I wish mine were and they weren't. Ken, mm -hmm. mm -hmm. uh, Ken, your thoughts on this subject in, uh, in a minute or so, what do you think, what, what's your advice to a lot of the churches out there? <clears throat> Well, I think uh, I really think that your counsel, Doug, for uh, pastors to have uh, resources, not not just the um, the conferences and uh, and the E two elders and Accelerate and and some of the others, uh, but uh, the resources provided by the Solomon Foundation, uh, Doctor West to deal more with the. The interpersonal challenges and mental and emotional health challenges of, of pastors is a great resource. Uh, my work with pastors and elders is on site, and it's more individual and more uh, initiated by us than initiated by the pastors. But there are just so many resources available to church leaders today. And these ought to be the greatest days in, in the life of the church because of that, because of the resources we have, the partnerships that, that we have, and because of the, of the camaraderie. I think one of the things that the last couple of years have done is it's, it's caused us to kind of band together and be more interdependent. And that's, that's, really, that's really healthy, that pastors um, get together in these um, in these um, groups, collaborative groups, uh, four soul strength groups, the, this is all very encouraging, but, but you've got to take advantage of it. If you guys are out there, um, and there are about 40 of you out there on this call today, um, it's just so important for you to not work in isolation, and for you to work in partnership, in a collaborative partnership, not only with your local leaders, the elders, but also with your peers and with the resources available through uh, the Solomon Foundation and other uh, other avenues out there. Ken, if I can if I can build on that, what you said, and thank you for that contribution, uh, Doug. I, I just did a quick. You know, we have uh, forty one uh, on the on the call, forty one individuals, and I just did a quick. 40% of you, 40% of you have, have connected with me and just said, Hey, Dr. West, let's talk. And I think that is a really good percentage. Um, and the other thing, uh, Doug, I am noticing cause, uh, the Solomon foundation pays for the first sessions of, uh, whenever, uh, a pastor who's affiliated with the Solomon foundation connects with me. Um, I'm finding, Doug, that there I cannot remember 
because one of the one of the one of the requirements I have is that the church pays for it for my continued services, and I've not had a church knock knock me back on that um, to this point. In fact, I've had a lot of uh, church elders, and and I've actually met with them. You know, met with the elders over Zoom, and just said that um, you know it is it is you know look at this as both an investment in your in the future well-being of your pastor, but also an insurance policy, because, um, you know, if your pastor is doing well to what you said, Doug, then the church that that's going to have an effect upon the church. And, and I've had quite the opposite from pushback. I've had uh, church elderships going, Hey, uh, we are, we're so glad to be paying for this because we didn't, we, we didn't know how to support our pastors uh, you know, as they were going through this and this, if this is one way that we can do it, we're happy to do it. So, um, uh, so I just want to say that, that the, there is a growing sense of, of, uh, church leaders going, this is important. This is a good investment and we're willing to pay for it. I I don't want it coming out of the, the pastor's personal pocket. Um, because number one, I'm not cheap. And, and number two, you know, I, you know, sometimes financial pressure is, is some of what uh, pastors are dealing with. So I just wanted to add that to, uh, um, to the conversation. Another resource I might mention uh, is a new scene, what's called senior pastor podcast. Uh, it, it's we're re- we're doing these regularly uh, quarterly with, with new material uh, it's it's um, been coordinated by uh, Matt and uh, Megan, and uh, uh, it's it's Bob Russell and Don Wilson and Scott Rawlings and me, and the four of us uh, uh, conduct what we call a senior pastor podcast, and it de- it deals with the nitty gritty issues that you deal that you have to address as a senior leader. Uh, in the local church as a senior pastor. Great. Um, and it's free. Well, it's free. Great. <laughs> great. Thank you, Ken. Thank you, Wes. Um, let's m- now move into an area that uh, might put some of you to sleep, but I think it's important that as a church leader, you kind of need to know what the parameters are of what you look like in the lens of a church lender and what you look like in the lens uh, from a financial perspective and kind of where you should fit. Um, So at the Solomon Foundation, we really look at uh, six key uh, ratios that are important for us to look at when we look at economic health. Uh, the first one is debt service to income. It's a very simple calculation. Whatever you, you uh, spend in making a mortgage payment per month, you divide that by your total income. So if your, your total income is uh, $10,000 a month and, uh, or 100000 a month and your debt service is 30000 a month, that's 30% which is pretty much the norm. Your debt service should never exceed uh, 30% when your church is healthy and stabilized. Um, Now, 
from a standpoint of growing dynamic churches and partnering with Solomon, um, I've done churches with debt service as high as 64%. But the vast majority of time, I knew that that church was going to double. So knowing at 64%, when we make the loan, if the church doubles, that debt service goes to 32%. Uh, so that's kind of... Uh, uh, our sweet spot and how we we look at uh, key guys and key churches and, and how we make those loans and the you know the vast majority of people on this call know exactly what I mean. So debt service to income is a, a good formula. Number two is expense coverage ratio, which is really simple. It's total income divided by total expense. Obviously, this should be a hundred percent. You're taking what, what you're taking in is what you spend as a not-for-profit. Uh, number three is debt per attendee, uh, which is taking your total loan balance divided by your average weekly attendance. Um, and what we like to see is no more than 6,000 per attendee. So what that ratio really means from a health standpoint is... Um, uh, tomorrow, if you wanted to pay off your loan, every man, woman, and child in your church would have to write a check for $6,000. Uh, if that number gets to 10 or 12 or 15, that means obviously you have too much debt. And if that number is three or four and you need to expand, obviously you have, should have the capacity to do that. So income per attendee. Uh, attendance growth, we look at year over year for the last three to five years. That, that ratio has been really hard to work with recently, uh, mainly because of COVID. I mean, how do, you, how do you look at the last three years? I mean, every num everybody's numbers are negative because you closed, right? Uh, so we don't look at that one as much or, or we don't put as much weight on that uh, in the process. Uh, and then we uh, look at uh, loan to value, um, which is really a kind of a meaningless ratio to us because we look at ourselves as cash flow lenders uh, versus equity lenders. So we're, we're not out after the equity in your property. We're, our goal is to make sure you can afford the monthly debt service and over time reduce your debt. So, so those are basically... Uh, the key ones that we uh, we look at on, on a day-to-day -day basis. We also kind of look at your average uh, full-time equivalencies divided by your average attendance. Uh, we like to see a ratio of one per 100. So if you're a church of 1,000, you'd have 10 full-time equivalent employees. If you're lower than that, you're probably understaffed. If you're higher than that, you're overstaffed. <clears throat> Again, these are more general um, parameters that we look at uh, just from the standpoint of underwriting alone. Uh, but we throw a lot of these equations out the windows just because we analyze uh, a lot of it just based on relationships and where we think churches are going to go in the future. Um, so those are the key economic ones. And, and I think uh, your, your staff, your executive pastor, your accountant, your keeper, whoever, your elder that's in charge of finances, 
um, you should calculate those ratios and present those to the elders every month in a, some level of a financial report, make it even into a dashboard so that they can see what the economic health of the church is. All right. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if you want more information on that, you can, you can reach out to us. We can give you more detail, but those are, um, those are pretty much, um, uh, the standard ones. And I see uh, Dave put something, Dave Hamlin, are they in, in, in writing? We can get those uh, put into a document, Renee, and we can get those out to everybody. Okay. Doug, go uh, ahead. Doug, go ahead. I understood five of the six of those, which is pretty good for a psychologist. Um, number, number two, I didn't quite get expense coverage ratio. Could you just yeah, so so in a for-profit world, the bank wants to look at you. They want to see a hundred and twenty percent income to, to expenses because they want you to produce a profit. So what we look at is we look at that uh, ratio as a hundred percent because really, a church is supposed to do what? They're supposed to spend what they take in. They're not a for-profit entity. So we want to see that that coverage at one hundred percent. Got it. Thanks for that. Okay. Does that make sense? Yep, it does now. Rob? That, that would be so helpful if we could get that um, those six dashboards with formulas inside of each. I think that'd be great. And then- uh, Actually, I think what we can do, um, Renee, if you want to uh, ask Sarah or Brittany, we can actually, we can put those on an Excel spreadsheet. That'd be great. Uh, and that way we can send them out to everybody. And then you can just cut and paste the Excel spreadsheet and put your own numbers in them. And, aside, and in addition to that, Doug, what, what number would you suggest for a church, especially with recession in mind, um, to have in reserve? What's too little and what's too much? Is there a percentage that you like there? That's a great lead in to my next uh, comment. Oh. And that is what, what, what should you have in reserves? Uh, I always felt that a church needed to have three to six months of cash reserves. That's not just mortgage payment. That's your operating expenses. Um, And I think it's more like six to nine. I think going forward, you need to have at least six. And I know that's a tough one. Uh, But the bottom line is having good solid reserves for any big issues that come up uh, is, is really good financial planning. Thank but you. If you've I got three to the, six, you're okay. Yeah. Cause there's always that tension of, you know, burying the talent and or you know, being ready. So that, thank you. Yeah. Um, let me, um, so any other questions on, on that? Okay. Uh, let me give you another simple <clears throat> calculation that that I think is very important. If your church is stabilized and you're doing well and you're seeing, you know, solid annual growth of eight to 10% uh, and things are going up and to the right on everything you're doing, I like to use the 50, 30, 10, 10 rule. 50, 30, 10, 10. Okay, that's 10% to missions, 10% to programming, 30% to your building and 50% to staff. So that's, that's another uh, little tool 
that you could have to show your elders to say, hey, you know, our, our gosh, our. Um, I'm glad you're trying to keep me straight. Yes. Yeah. So um, the, the key one would be, you know, if, if, if an elder says, oh, I think we're overstaffed. Well, you can show them the ratio. Okay. And say, here's what the norm is. Uh, yeah, maybe we're a little overstaffed, but we got growth coming. We're at 53%. Uh, or, you know, say, wait a minute, you know, we are overstaffed. We're at 48%. We're right where we should be. Okay. So I think you can use this, this tool to really help you with your leadership and, and make sure they fully understand kind of where the economic parameters are out there that then then people just can't make loosey goosey comments like that in a meeting. Uh, they can make them in the meeting, but the key thing is you've got the ammunition to show them where your church is at. And you can honestly tell them without a shadow of a doubt, here's, here's the norm in the industry. And yeah, we're a little short or no, hey, we're doing better, we're over type thing. So it gives you a lot of clout, I think, with your leadership. Um, let's see, we've got some questions here. Renee, are you tracking the um, chat room for me? Yeah, I've been watching it. You know, Gary Shear asked the great question of where's a great place to park your reserve fund? Um, I think there's a, I know of a really great place. It's called the Solomon Foundation. Yeah, and, and March 13th might be the date that they would want to open that account. Yes, uh, if you're going to open a, a account at the Solomon Foundation, I'm giving you a little hint. Wait till March 13th. I won't say any more. Yeah, I don't see any other questions besides I posted both of the links, both for Spotify and for podcast for the podcast, the leadership podcast that Ken Eidelman mentioned. So both of those are in the chat because some people are Android, some people are, are um, Apple. So I posted both of those links to the podcast Ken mentioned. And then um, Dave asked about the six ratios and we'll work on putting together an Excel spreadsheet and then we'll share it with you guys through the email blast. So if you don't get the email blast, make sure you reach out to us or check your junk or your spam. I'm pretty sure most of you are getting it. We do our best for you to get it, but spam filters can get us. So if for some reason you don't see it in a week or so, reach out to. I'll also post it on the Friends of Solomon Facebook page. If you're not um, a member there, feel free to join there. We, they, we post stuff and there's lots of great community of questions there as well. All right, I'll open it up for any questions um, at this point. I think we've got about 15 uh, minutes left in our hour time frame. Thought we'd leave some time for questions, comments, examples. Doug, I have one for you here. Yes, um, because you're both a financial man and a spiritual man and a church technician. Could you comment on this? Um, is it possible? What happens to the soul of a church when they have a ton of money? Um, I mean, more than what they, you know, more than a six to nine month reserve. They just have millions and millions uh, socked away. Um, can you comment on what happens to the soul of a church if that, if they're in that situation? Yeah, so let's go back to the uh, income per attendee uh, ratio. So if we take the average weekly giving 
or excuse me, um, yeah, the average weekly giving uh, divided by the average attendance. And if we see that a solid church is 20%, okay? So if we see a church that's 40 plus, uh, you, you'd think, well, wow, that's that church is strong. That's great. They got all kinds of money. Uh, that's actually a red flag for us, Wes. 